0: Mm, that shit sounds so good to me, and welcome back, episode 14, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you, but we're back, Duffy's Fantasy Football Podcasts, like we never left, cause we haven't, and when I say we're back, I mean we are back, the Miami Dolphins, almost a month of feeling sorry for ourselves, Tua comes back, and the whole defense changes, Three interceptions. I talked about it last week. Why did we lose against the Vikings? They had three turnovers on us. We had zero. We had three turnovers. They had none. And what do we do this week? I'm not going to act like Tua came out and hung up 40. He didn't, but he didn't have to. The defense had his back. Tua on a scramble put his head down. Ran through a DB the whole stadium. Tua, Tua, Tua. Ooh, uh, oh boy, that gets me fucking riled up. Nothing like talking about the Dolphins. And nothing like talking to you guys about this Duffy's Fantasy Football Podcast. As I already said, this is episode 14, the week 7 recap. Hopefully a new podcast coming to you guys shortly, but don't worry. It's being worked on. So, without further ado, let me just get into the topics for this podcast. And obviously, as I tend to lead off every episode... Dolphins. Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins. We're back. We're 4-3 and three now. That loss against the Jets really hurt, hurt us. Hurts me to even think about. But we're going to get a revenge. End of the year. Oh, I can't wait. It's not even going to be close. That's the sad part. I don't care about them losing Breeze Hall. I don't care about their make-believe success. I don't care about Sauce Gardner. I don't care about the quarterback controversy in New England. The only thing I'm worried about remotely is the Bills. In this game against the Steelers, Tua was not sacked. So, round of applause. Good job offensive line. Realizing they had to protect our quarterback and not let him get suplexed again. Tua was 21 for 35, 261 yards and touchdown. And then that defense finally forcing those turnovers. They only had two sacks. I wish we could get more pressure, but it didn't matter. Last play of the game, other than taking a knee, was an interception in the end zone by Noah Igbenogany, who's had to step up up and step into a role that he hasn't been fulfilling his first couple years in the league, which is being in the backfield, actually defending passes. But now, no Nick Needham, Byron Jones, still not back. Still really not even sure about his timetable Xavier Howard's been playing but he's obviously nursing a groin injury that will probably linger the whole season or hopefully whenever we get that bye week he's able to get it you know taken care of but yeah man it's exciting love to be back on that winning end as far as far as I'm concerned we're undefeated because when Tua starts and ends a game we have not lost well with that let's get into our fantasy headlines First headline is Matt Ryan. He has been retired by the Colts. I mean, he probably did it to himself, but the Colts just said, hey, you know what, you suck. <laughs> We're done. We're moving on to Sam Ellinger, who has not even thrown a pass in the NFL, and now Nick Foles is their backup. I would put money that Nick Foles will end up in that starting lineup sooner rather than later, but we'll see how that goes. It's kind of interesting to see what happens now with Michael Pittman What happens now with Paris Campbell, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, like how this offense is going to look fantasy-wise? Sometimes they say the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, and we have no idea what Sam Mellinger can do on the field like against other NFL starters, so I guess we're soon to find out. Michael Pittman owners, Jonathan Taylor owners, hold your breath. Reese Hall, poor guy having such a promising start to the season, popping off, did enough for Kyle to beat me this week. Torn ACL, out for the year. But don't worry, because the Jets had a plan, because the very next day, they traded for James Robinson. So now Travis Etienne owners can start him every week without worrying, knowing that he is a number one true running back in Jacksonville. And now we get to see James Robinson and Michael Carter compete for snaps. So if you're a James Robinson owner or a Michael Carter owner, you're basically still in the same spot. Not sure when or when not to start these guys. Mike Williams, high ankle sprain. He will be out two to four weeks. An update came out saying that he's going to be at, out at least four weeks. Keenan Allen played the first half of the game on that hamstring injury. Didn't look that good. Didn't look explosive. Missed the second half, not because of like injury, just more that he was on a pitch count type of excuse. And, I mean, they are going into the bye week, so hopefully Keenan Allen gets to come back. Maybe they make a trade for a wide receiver because they need help. P.J. Walker. With Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold eligible to play this Sunday, P.J. Walker has been chosen to become the starter. Because, I mean, he beat the Bucks. He made DJ Moore look like a fucking talented wide receiver again. So I'm not shocked. And the one week that I benched DJ Moore, DJ Walker puts him back on the map. And if I would have started DJ Moore, I would have won. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. David Njoku, another high ankle sprain. He's out two to five weeks after having a pretty, he's not having like a superstar tight end, you know, output type of guy. He hasn't been having those consistently, but he's been, you know, 10 to 14 points every week, which is pretty much the most you can ask for tight ends right now outside of Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. And Zappi, after coming in when they wanted to bench Mac Jones, which they did, comes into that game, throws a touchdown. He has like two easy plays, you know, like two plays that were wide open. Ramondre Stevenson wide open on a wheel route and then that Jacoby Myers touchdown was a broken play that he almost underthrew, causing incompletion. Jacoby makes a great catch, and then second effort to roll into the end zone. He ends up throwing two picks at, towards the end of the game, and now Mac Jones has been called the starter again. Uh, and New England's looking a little tough. I mean, I guess if you really think about it, other than the Drew Bledsoe-Tom Brady QB controversy back in 2000, this is the first time Bill Belichick has ever had to wonder who he's going to start week to week. And DK Metcalf, another injury. He was carted off the field. Knee injury. Saying, and there's good reports. I don't know. I mean, Pete Carroll likes to play these games where he's like, oh, yeah, well, he's hopeful he can play. and We're going to try to get him to practice. I mean, ugh. fucking DK, bro. Like, when he got carted off the field again, and I got that notification, I was like, oh, please tell me he had to shit again. He's you know, he was on my lineup, he had two points at that moment, and then second update knee injury. I was like, Oh, out for the game! Oh, I lost. Well, with that, I move on to our stunners and bummers for this week. This week's quarterback stunners topped off with Joe Burrow back to back weeks, top of the food chain. He had 39.24 fantasy points, completed 33 passes, had 481 yards, three touchdowns. Most of the damage was done. In that first half, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd going crazy. T. Higgins, if you watch the game or you watch the highlights, those are a play with T. Higgins. Breaks up the middle, gets tackled. He's spinning, lunges backwards, extends the ball, definitely crosses the goal line. If you guys can see me in my room right now, I'm literally extending my arm. (laughs) Crosses the goal line, but they call no touchdown. The ball pops out at the end, so obviously you see the Bengals run up snap the ball, QB sneak with Burrow to make sure that because I'm sure they were worried about a fumble being called. But when you kept looking at the play, it was just like, oh, that's a touchdown. T. Higgins scored. I don't have T. Higgins in this league. I have him in another league, and that kind of cost me. That would have been six points, and I probably would have won. But I'm mean, who has who has Carlos? Sure, I'm not sure if Carlos won or lost. I'll remember as I flip through these pages. But yeah. Kind of shitty, but it was good for Barrow because it helped him get to that 39.24. Andy Dalton, second quarter, I mean, after throwing two interceptions, two pick sixes at the end of the second quarter, still wound up as the second highest fantasy quarterback this week. He had 29.54 fantasy points in that Thursday night game. He had 361 passing yards, four touchdowns in those three interceptions. I mean, not like I'm going to start him. <laughs> Daniel Jones carrying the Giants to a 6-1 and record, which I'm, I'm just as baffled as you guys are. He had 28.78 fantasy points, 19 for 30 for 202 yards and a touchdown. Here's the surprising stats. 11 rushes for 102 yards and a touchdown. This guy is white Lamar Jackson. That's crazy. Lamar Jackson hasn't even been in the Stunner talk for weeks now. But this guy is white Lamar Jackson. 11 rushes for 102 yards. Oh, no, 107. My apologies. Give it five more. I just, I don't know what's going on with these New York teams right now. It's like they all got, I mean, except for the Yankees, who obviously got swept because of trash, but I digress. Mahomes, next on this list, 27.92 fantasy points. I mean, just doing what he does, 423 passing yards, three touchdowns. And then Justin Fields on that Monday night game, where they kind of they trounced on the Patriots. It was what, thirty-three to fourteen or something like that? Embarrassing. He was thirteen for twenty-one, still can't still can't get past that like fifteen completion mark, which is crazy. Had hundred seventy nine passing yards, a touchdown, one interception, but then he ran the ball fourteen times for eighty two yards and a touchdown. And what <clears throat> in what world? In what world is Daniel Jones Running the ball for more yards. Justin Fields. What is happening in New York, man? I guess they always say the pizza's better because of the water. Well, maybe their quarterbacks are better because of the water. I don't know. I mean, not Zach Wilson. He's drinking milf titty. (laughs) On to the wide receivers. Jamar Chase drops 33 fancy points. Caught 8 passes, 130 yards, 2 touchdowns, part of that trouncing against Atlanta. Tyler Boyd right behind him, 29.5. He caught 8 passes as well for 155 yards, but only had 1 touchdown on the day. McCole Hardman, who will probably never be started, had the most unlikely of stat lines to get to this point. He had 28 fantasy points. He caught 4 passes of his 4 targets. For 34 yards and a touchdown and then he had two rushes for 28 yards and two touchdowns that is literally the definition of making most of your opportunities that guy just straight up balled out and then right behind you have Juju his teammate with 25.4 catching seven of eight targets 124 yards and a touchdown Juju's um his whole thing right now is that they all played Warzone on Friday night, like him, Kelsey, Mahomes, I guess some other guys. And that's why their uh, their their groove on the field was a little more defined. They had a better feel for each other because of Warzone. It's crazy because Kyler Murray plays Warzone, and he's trash. And these guys play Warzone, and they go and win games. Just saying. Food for thought. Paris Campbell, a name I mentioned weeks ago that nobody knew about. And now I'm sure everybody knows because he was at the top of the wave of priority if he wasn't already picked up. 23 fantasy points, caught 10 of 12 targets for 70 yards and a touchdown, but he was basically just a dump off central over there. I mean, you can tell if he had 10 catches for 70 yards. Marquise Goodwin, welcome back from the dead, buddy. Haven't said that name in a while. Marquise Goodwin, benefiting off Tyler Lockett's poor performance and DK's injury. He had 22.7 fantasy points. He got four or five targets for 67 yards and two touchdowns. Another one of those, that's like a McCole Hardman-esque performance where he didn't get a lot of opportunities but made the most of what he got. Mike Williams, before injuring his ankle, had 21.6, got seven balls, 86 yards, and touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, you already saw on Thursday, he came back and caught 10 of 14. They didn't even try to ease him in. I mean, so I know he's not coming off injury, but he's also been away from the team because when you're suspended like that, like you're not practicing, you're not in the training facility, you're not on the sidelines, you're at home. And I'm sure like obviously it makes more than enough money to have a trainer and be prepared. But nonetheless, caught 10 of 14 targets for 103 yards. And then DJ motherfucking piece of shit more on my bench, has 19.6 fantasy points, got 7 of his, 10 targets, 69 yards, and touchdown. I'm, I'm not talking about it anymore. I mean, I am happy to see Tom Brady lose, you know? Like, I'm happy. Like, it's just like, mm, back-to-back losses to bad teams. Like, delicious. Fucking scrumptious. But, like, come on, DJ Moore. Didn't do that when you're in my lineup. And before I move move on to the running back stunners from this week, I just kind of had this uh, thought earlier today, and it just popped into my brain again, and I, I'm calling it the um, the closeout phenomenon, okay? So today I had to bartend by myself, well, for whatever reasons. It didn't matter. I was outside. Chill shift, you know, you know, got a little pop. Nothing I couldn't handle, you know. Everything's fine. The only moment, right? And this happens all the time, and sometimes they're explainable, but, you know, only moments I was really weeded today, right, was when all of a sudden seven people all wanted to close out at the same time. And they're not together. Like, it's not a party of seven with seven separate checks. It is this person in this corner, this person in that corner, someone down by the bottom of the bar, someone in the... Everyone's just like, check, check, check. And I'm talking about like at 6.30 p.m. What the fuck is happening at 6.30pm? Like, where are y'all going? I mean, go ahead, get the fuck out. I don't care. I'm fucking lazy anyways. But why do you all need to leave at the same time? The only times that this is acceptable is closing time. When a game ends. When a fight ends. You know, when the DJ stops playing music. That makes sense. That happens all the time. Oh yeah, Joey, Pablo, let me get my check. Sorry, that's my cheetah impersonation. Shout out to Cheeto if you ever listen to this. But bro, it's crazy. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, bud. Oh, I mean, you guys know I'm a big boy, so they always like to say, hey, big bro, hey, big guy, already pissing me off. Hey, big guy, think you could close me out when you get a chance? Yeah, bro, I got you. I go and I close, and I'm already closing out four other checks. And as I'm closing it out, they're like, hey, man, um, I-, I need you to break this so I can close out. I'm like, yeah, bro, I haven't even moved. I'm still standing at the same computer swiping fucking credit cards. But anyways, I digress. Here, there was a, there's a sample of the type of stories that I can't wait to tell on these other podcasts. <laughs> Running back stunners this week. Austin is such a weird transition. <laughs> Austin Eckler, 36.7 fantasy points, continuing to be amazing. Good for you, Virgil. He had nine rushes for 31 yards and a touchdown. That's it. On to Josh, just kidding, got him. He had 12 receptions for 96 yards. This guy is like Christian McCaffrey Jr. Oh, my God, shout out to Chris. Did I not talk about that? Did I Did I get the chance? When did he get traded? Oh, before I talked about it. All right, cool. I was about to fucking piss myself. I didn't talk about McCaffrey getting traded last week. I'm, I'm going to have to just go ahead and bet the last episode I spoke about it. Josh Jacobs. fantasy points. Continuing to also ball out. This is my official, you know, I'm sorry, Josh Jacobs. I was wrong. Okay? I was wrong. The production that you are putting up right now, you should have been a first, at most, second round draft pick this year. I apologize. You are clearly a great running back, and I... Was wrong. But, ask anybody, you start a running back in the NFL Hall of Fame game, you're not betting on that guy being a great running back. But yeah, 36.5 fantasy points. He had 20 rushes for 143 yards and 3 touchdowns. I'm a fucking stud. Kenneth Walker, 28.8, continuing to eat off of Rashad Penny's absence. 23 carries for 168 yards and two touchdowns that is absolutely impressive i mean i saw him as a, a stash early in the year kind of like a maybe taking over the running back role then the rb1 role or you know god forbid which it did happen rashad penny getting hurt but i wouldn't have guessed a game this year for him that he has 23 carries for 168 and two very impressive aaron jones kind of trying to shine back up, even though they lost. 28.6 points for the Packers. Well, you know, on fantasy. <laughs> eight rushes for 23 yards, but he had nine catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns, kind of what we're used to seeing from him. J Stevenson, 23.8. 11 rushes for 39 and a touchdown, and then had eight catches for 59 yards. I'm starting to see this a lot more. Evolve like for these running backs. That a lot of running backs, it's either like you have the true running backs, like the Kenneth Walkers, the Josh Jacobs, the Nick Chubbs, right? Or you have these guys that are just catching the ball seven, eight, nine times for 50 plus yards and a touchdown. And that's how they're making their, their worth. Eno you know, Benjamin, 23.3 on that Thursday night game. He had 12 rushes for 92 yards. Big baller and a touchdown. And then he had four catches for 21 yards and then a two-point conversion. I mean, that all adds up. Raheem Mostert continues to be an impressive RB1 for the Miami Dolphins. 20.9 fantasy points. He had 16 rushes for 79 yards. Very good. Four receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Amazing. You're the best, Raheem. I love you. Travis Etienne. 18.9, he had 14 rushes for 114 yards and a touchdown. Probably going to see those numbers tick up now that James Robinson's gone. And then Nick Chubb finally down there at 18.7, 16 rushes for 91 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the guy is just a tank. He's just consistent. The Browns obviously were playing the Ravens. That's a tough defense when they want to be. I mean, they almost blew the lead. Almost let the Browns come back and win this game or at least tie it, but... Nonetheless, good job, Ravens. You beat the Browns. For tight ends this week, I have a very long list of stunners. Number one, George Kittle, 21.8, caught six of nine for 98 yards and a touchdown. After him, Jawan Johnson. Who? Jawan Johnson. Who's that? Exactly. He's like the second or third string fucking tight end for the Saints. He's actually, uh, his wife is actually pretty famous on TikTok. kind of embarrassed to share that information, but I'll just say that goes towards my NFL side of TikTok. He had 20.2 fantasy points. He caught all five of his targets for 32 yards and two touchdowns. And that's going to be the end of my tight end stuff. Oh, did I say a lot? I meant literally nobody. Now I move on to the bummers of this week. <laughs> Time for these bum-ass quarterbacks to step forward. Dak Prescott, take your place. First game back, I get it. 12.28 fantasy points. He said at the end of the game that he wished he didn't throw a touchdown because he wanted to disappoint fantasy fans. Yeah, way to hit your market, buddy. 19 for 25, he had 207 yards and a touchdown. Not like he had a bad game, just not a good fantasy day. Tom, kiss my son Brady at 11.7 fantasy points. I mean, he had 32 completions, whatever, almost threw the ball 50 times against the Panthers and had 290 yards. That's it. I mean, I know Mike Evans did drop an easy touchdown. So, you know, feel bad for Brady, I guess, in a sense, or Brady owners and Mike Evans owners, even though Kyle has Mike Evans, and Mike Evans did plenty in that game. But nonetheless, Lamar Jackson... He's not so much Action Jackson right now. Looking more like ass-on Jackson. I don't know. That was on the spot. Don't try me. Um, he had 10.7 fantasy points. 9 of 16 passing against the Browns, buddy? For a hundred, oh, I didn't, oh, my God. I think when I wrote these down, I didn't even pay attention to that because this is my general, genuine visceral reaction to this. Oh, my God. That is so sad. Um, Tannehill is below him has more completions and attempts. And he got hurt in the game and then came, whatever. Lamar, 9 for 16, had 120 120 yards, 10 rushes, 59 yards. Tannehill, below him with 3.88 fantasy points, right? Seven less fantasy points, basically. Was 13 for 20 for 132 yards. He doesn't have the rushes. That's crazy. Jared Goff. Disappoint. I mean, Amon Ra going down with it, and it's, you know, they got to get a hold on this whole concussion thing. Because now they're saying Amon Ra wasn't concussed at all. That the independent neurologist who's the spotter said, oh, he looks wobbled. Take him off the field. Cannot, now that's a new rule. Cannot return. But he wasn't even concussed. Could have been wobbling for a whole bunch of different reasons and could not return. So now they're missing their best offensive piece already without DeAndre Swift. I mean, I don't know. they got to find a better way to handle these situations. The Goff had 3.52 fantasy points. He completed 21 of 26 passes for 228 yards, two interceptions. Lamar Jackson was 9 for 16. That fucking abysmal. Moving on to our wide receiver bums. Chris Godwin, 11.5 fantasy points. He got seven passes for 43 yards. That is a bum performance, buddy. Alan Lazard, 11.5, right up there with him. Six catches of seven targets for 55 and a Packers loss. You're a bum, buddy. Tyler Lockett, 11.5 as well. Caught seven of eight for 45 yards. Bum, buddy. God, what is going on with all of these top-tier talent players, dude? Jacoby Myers. 11.4, 11.4, caught both of his targets with 34 and a touchdown. i not going to call him a bum for that just because the way that game went for the Patriots and Jacoby isn't, like, you know, no top-tier receiver. But for all the uh, hype that he's accumulated in the last couple weeks, going to have to throw him out there in the bums. CeeDee Lamb was definitely seeing the nuts on the field. I got to stop trying to push these jokes, guys. He had 10.6 fantasy points. Caught four of his six targets for 70 yards. Amari Cooper, 10.4, caught three of his four targets for 74. Would have had a big play at the end of the game if he didn't push off. He literally had a game-winning touchdown, but his arm slightly. And I mean, it's you know, it's a no-fun league. It's the pussy league. Like this league is for. Pretty soon, it's going to be flag football. He slightly extends his arms, and then the DB does the smart thing. And kind of like takes a step back and makes it look like he was so affected that they call offensive pass interference. and It would have been a game-winning touchdown. And it would have saved his fantasy day, for sure. He would have been in the 20s. But yeah, he caught 3 of 4 for 74. Then Michael Pittman. Pity city. Pity city as in, like, I pity the city of Indianapolis. 9.8 fantasy points. Caught 6 of 9 for 58. Deontay Johnson, I mean, what do you expect? He played the Dolphins. Nine point five fantasy points. Caught five of ten targets. Bum. Forty-two yards. Yeah, that trash off my field. Debo Samuel nine point four. Chase Claypool, I mean, like I just said, De- playing the Dolphins. Chase, you ain't gonna do what you did last week, buddy. There ain't no scrubs out here, my guy. Nine point one. Brandon Cooks eight point six. Corlin Sutton continues to struggle. On this terrible Denver Broncos offense. Let's ride. Oh, did you guys know? that they already discontinued uh, Russell Wilson's Danger Witch? I heard it's because it was too spicy. <laughs> oh, Russell Wilson is so trash. They said that when he was on the team flight today to London, that while everyone was sleeping, he was in the middle aisle doing high knees. What a fucking bum. Like, what high knees? Like, what are you? what are you doing? What are you doing? It ain't your legs that's been the problem, my guy. It's been your arm. Go to the back of the plane and fucking throw the ball or something. And then Drake London, who basically just should be dropped in all formats. 1.9 fantasy points, had one catch for nine yards. Now on to my running back bum-ass motherfuckers of the week. David Montgomery leads the pack, 12.2 fantasy points. 15 rushes for 62 yards and a touchdown. It's really not bad. The whole running game for the Bears was on point. They were just kind of spreading it everywhere as far as the rushing attempts came. But unfortunately, it did not benefit David Montgomery owners. Najee Harris, you're playing the Dolphins. You cannot run on us, okay? 17 rushes for 65 yards? Yeah, that's trash. That's trash. Three catches, 15 yards. Good for you. Brian Robinson, 10.6 Had 20 rushes for 73 yards, 2 catches for 13. Kind of looking like he got shot in the leg again, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Because he got robbed, remember? Um, Michael Carter, who I only threw him in here just because Brees Hall was hurt by halftime. So he had the opportunity to have a better game. 13 rushes for 29 yards. That's like 2 point something yards per carry. That's terrible. If he just falls down forward... And, like, just, like, lays flat. That should already be an automatic two yards. So, just saying. Just giving you that, like, relevance. Um, and then had two catches for 45. That's the only way he got up to that 9.4. Ooh, i got to flip the page for this one. Clyde Edwards-Elair benched this week. Isaiah Pacheco named the starter for the Chiefs before this game. Clyde Edward Tilaire had only 9.2 fantasy points, had six carries for 32 yards, salvaged his day with a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey. I'm putting in putting him in here is kind of like an honorable mention, even though he's obviously new to the offense. Was there for literally four or five days. He had only 8.2. He had eight carries for 38. Two catches for 24. Expect that to change. Expect this offense to run through this man. Him and Debo about to tear up the NFL. Kareem Hunt who's about to be traded like I was calling before the season started. I love being right, and I will remind you when I am. 7.8 fantasy points. Had five rushes for four yards and a touchdown. I'm not even going to speak on that. Jamal Williams, 7.3 fantasy points. He had 15 rushes for 79 yards and a fumble. So when DeAndre Swift plays this week, expect him to get like 20 carries. Melvin Gordon continues to be absolutely trash, just like the whole Denver Broncos fucking team. Save Bradley Chubb. Hashtag free Bradley Chubb. Melvin Gordon had 7 fantasy points, 11 carries for 33 yards. Abysmal. Jeff Wilson, who's basically null and void at this point, had 5.4. Who even cares about his stats? And then Lenny Furnett. Playoff Lenny, as they called him during the Super Bowl run. fantasy points. Had 8 carries for 19 yards. Abysmal. 2 catches for 7. Tom Brady is leading them straight into the dirt. Now time to move on to what tends to be the longest list every week. The tight end bums. Bum ass mofos. Please take your place. Starting with Gerald Everett. After beginning the year looking like a tight end savior. Continues to disappoint. 11.3 fantasy points. Four catches for 67. Boo. Hayden Hurst. Kind of on the same boat. Looking like a tight end savior. 10.8. Six catches, 48 yards. In a game that Joe Burrow went absolutely nuts. Boo. Evan Ingram don't even know why I talk about you. You're just a bum, anyways. You've always been a bum. You will stay a bum. You'll never not be a bum. 10.7. Four catches for 67. Paging Dr. Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Yet again. Not showing up. 9.9. Cut all five of his targets for only 49 yards. Boo. TJ Hawkinson. After having Almost a 40-point performance one week for me. Every other week has literally been 10 or below. I really hate you, TJ. 8.8 fantasy points this week. Four or five targets, 48 yards. Cool. Robert Tunyon, after having a decent week last week. 6.2 fantasy points this week. Only targeted four times, caught the ball three of them. 32 yards. Zach Ertz, 6.1. Caught two of four for 21. 21. And then Kyle, my pits stink. Okay? Three of five for nine. Nine yards. How do you catch three passes at tight end and only have nine yards? You're not not a third down running back. I don't understand. I have him in another league, and that's why it really hurts me. In one of his plays, he was literally a half a yard away from a touchdown. And that would have won me that game, too. (laughs) I really hate it here. Anyways, with all that being said, time to move on to our matchup recaps from last week. And time to go right back to Sad. The first matchup I'm going to talk about is me versus Kyle. Kyle takes this victory 134.62 to 128.36. He goes up to 7-0, and only undefeated team in this league. As I fall down to 2-5, and closer to Corey than I am to anybody else. Kyle's team was just on fire. I mean, so mine started out hot. My highest score, though, was Dallas defense. And as I've said in other podcasts, when you have to say your defense was your highest score, you're not going to win games. I mean, they did score 22. Gus Edwards who was probably my start of the week, just like when I started Deion Jackson, but it didn't matter. 18.6 for Gus. Joe Mixon had 18.1. Olave, 17.6. Kyler Murray was okay with the 17. But then I have DK, give me 2.2. Michael Gallup, give me 0.0.0. zero. zero. And TJ Hawkinson, give me 8.8. So let us do quick math. 11 points between those three players. I can almost cry about it. And on the other side, you have Kyle. Brad Mahomes have 27.92. Evans had 18.6. Fucking scary Terry because Tyler Heineke, like I said last week, is a baller and will make plays Had 18.3 fantasy points. Travis Kelsey had 15.8. And then Breeze Hall with the 13 before he went out. That's all she wrote. That's all he needed. Next week, I'm going to have to look to have a big bounce back game to get myself into some type of contention against Jordan. And next week, Kyle will look to continue his amazing season against Frank, who still continues to be one of the best teams in this league, even though he did just take a bad loss to Luigi, but he did have enough bye weeks to give him an excuse. Next matchup that I will be recapping is Virgin... Virgin... (laughs) the Virginator, sorry, it caught me slipping. Virgil versus Jordan. Virgil took this one to go up three and four, and Jordan... Falls to four and three. The score was one forty-nine point three two to one twenty-two point five four. A decis a des- holy shit. Can I talk? A decisive victory <laughs> for Virgil. I'm not cutting that out for you guys. Austin Eckler thirty-six point seven continues to ball. Tyler Boyd, which is like a start that is scary to make week in and week out, just because of Jamar and T Higgins being there. Obviously, ball down had 29.5. Justin Herbert 19. And Tennessee defense spotting him 19 to help him cruise to this victory. On the other side, Jordan back to back weeks of having Burrow in his starting lineup balling out, but it wasn't enough. 39.24 for Burrow. Zeke at 17.7 has a good week for himself. Montgomery with the 12.2. Tyreek Hill with the 14. Alan Lazard even at 11.5 is not that great, but. Tampa's defense only has one point, which probably was a defense I was projected to have 10 minimum playing against the Panthers and the third string quarterback with their interim head coach. Unacceptable. Josh Reynolds only has 1.8. Foster Moreau, which I don't even know. I mean, I guess it's no uh, Darren Waller, but I don't know about starting Foster Moreau, buddy. 5.8. Virgil, next week, looks to continue to build his season playing against Carlos, as Jordan will have to face off against me. And, I mean, my team sucks, so, you know, Jordan's probably going to win. Next one, Corey, congratulations. It only took you seven weeks to get your first win. Corey beat Calvin. Wow, look at that. Corey beat Calvin 133.66 to 97.4. Corey, now 1-6. Calvin falls to 5-2 after starting out the year 4-0. Eno Benjamin, 23.3. Mike Williams, 21.6. I mean, yeah, you got the tail of the tape right there. Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara, Christian Kirk. He had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 players with at least 17 points or more. And that's the type of week that Corey's been waiting for all year. And then you got Calvin, who Lamar has been busting a couple weeks, only 10.7, CeeDee Lamb only 10, Michael Pittman only 9.8, I mean it's just looking really, really bad right now, Garrett Wilson, he keeps starting, 6.4, Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson was a Joe Flacco thing, not a Zach Wilson thing, Kyle Pitts only 3.9, his highest score was only 21.8 with George Kittle, so not going to win that way. Corey next week will be playing Angel, which I am telling you right now is the dog match of the week. That is the bottom two teams. God, if if Corey goes above me, I'm just going to end the whole league and just give everybody their money back. And Calvin will be playing Joe next week. That looks like a tough matchup, and it could be a turning point for both teams. Next matchup I'm breaking down is Luigi versus Frank. Luigi, highest scoring team this week, 166.84 beating Frank's 111.42, Luigi goes up to 3 and 4 and Frank falls down to 5 and 2. Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Hopkins all leading the way for Luigi this week. Luigi had what? 1 2 3 4. Five guys, the lowest score of those five was 16.8 at Derrick Henry and the top two were 28 and 26. I mean, those are that's the week that Luigi's been waiting for. Hopkins coming back, spotting him that 20. I mean, what else could Luigi ask for, especially playing a scary matchup potentially against Frank, who did have some buys. Frank's highest score this week was Juju, believe it or not, 25.4. But then his the second highest score was Khalil Herbert with 15.7. Big falloff right there. He had to start J.D. McKissick out of desperation. Only had a 0.4 points. And Jared Goff obviously only had 3.52. Not an easy game for Frank. Frank next week will have an even tougher matchup, most likely, against Kyle. And Luigi will look to continue his bounce back against Sean next week. Next matchup was Carlos versus Angel. Carlos took this one easily as well, even though Angel failed to start somebody in their lineup, but that is irrelevant because the difference in points was so large that it's not something that we're going to start a whole conspiracy about. Carlos took this one, 156.5 to 71.38. Carlos goes up to 3 and 4 as Angel falls even further down to now 0 and 7. Mark Chase, 33. Ramondre, 23.8. Raheem Mostert, shout out Raheem Mostert, 20.9. Saquon Barkley, 17.5. T. Higgins, 14.3. I guess you didn't need that touchdown I was talking about earlier, buddy. But yeah, great performance from Carlos's team. And then you have Angel. Angel's highest score this week, which was a good pickup for him, but Chuba did get hurt, was Chuba Hubbard. He had 15.3. And then Waddle 12.8. And then Godwin, 11.5. And then Najee, 11. Hurt, 6.1. Samaje Pirine, which I am shocked even touched his lineup, 2.8. And then Tannehill, 3.88. Just obviously a very, very rough outing for Angel and, and Frank this week, if you think about it. Because you look at how Angel started P. Ryan for 2.8. Obviously a bi-week desperation move. And then an injury. Uh, I mean, he, his whole team is depleted right now, Angels. And then Frank having to start JD McKissick. Carlos next week will look to build as both of them will be coming off wins Is against er- Virgil next week. I mean, they're both coming back. They're both starting to look stronger and stronger as I continue to fall into the gutters. And obviously, the dog match of the week will be Corey versus Angel next week. The last matchup I'm covering, Sean's trouncing of the reigning champion, Joe. Sean took this one, 136.44, to Joe's 79.36. Sean goes up to 5-2 and two as jo- Joe falls down to 4-3. and three. Josh Jacobs led the way. Had almost half of Joe's points just in Josh Jacobs' performance with 36.5. Harris Campbell, shout out Sean for making that start. 23 points, 2 of 15.94. I mean, that already beat Joe right there, so enough said. Joe's highest score, ETN, who he can look forward now to starting every week with James Robinson being gone. 18.9, Aaron Rodgers only 15.76. Joe started Nico Collins, like what's going on, 6.3. Leonard Fournette, obviously a disappointing week for him, going up against the Panthers, definitely expected more, 4.6. Mike Kosicki only having 5.7 after having a good week last week, and then Amon Ra obviously getting ruled out with that concussion, thanks to these new crazy concussion protocols, only has a 1.4. I mean, Sean's looking strong, so is... Luigi, so that might be the matchup of the week next week. It could determine a lot for both teams, and then obviously Joe versus Calvin, as I just mentioned a moment ago, could also potentially be matchup of the week because Joe falling to four and four could mean a lot if Luigi takes this win over Sean. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up. I apologize that I've been only doing one episode a week. I've been kind of busy lately what other things going on you know baby showers and preparing for my nephew to be the best quarterback in the league you guys already know it's two for one all day every day don't call me to save your seat on sundays okay i can't save your seat cuz if you're going to be there at 12 i got you but if you if you have 12 to you means 12:30 then you can suck my dick all right you're going to be sitting in the sun anyways as i like to close out on Dolphin Victory Week's The Miami Dolphins Champ. Miami has a Dolphins, the greatest football team We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl Because we're the Miami Dolphins